Hi, this is Simon Lane, and I'm here to talk with the Enrons about your new favourite song, Holding On. Hello and welcome to Your New Favourite Song, a podcast brought to you by the Enrons, where each week we will feature a recently released song from an independent artist. My name is Bernard Dennis and I'll be your host. Today I'll be speaking to Simon Lane about his recent release, Holding On, which is a very personal reflection on being separated from the ones you love. Hello Simon, good evening. Hi, how are you doing? Happy very well, thank here. you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for asking me. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Um, I understand you're still separated from the ones you love. Uh, we'll I be am. A little bit. Yeah. Where yeah, are you then? I was, I'm in the south of France, um, where I've been living for the last eight years with, uh, with my wife and our son. And um, yeah. And then, uh, so we're, in, we're literally in the, in the midst of moving back. If you could see around me, I'm surrounded by packing cases and boxes and stuff like that. And, uh, and I'm trying to empty the freezer and all that sort of stuff at the moment. So I'm due, I'm due literally within a week to, to head back up to England where my wife and my son are already back. So they, they got back in time and missed the quarantine. And uh, I've just got to go back and, uh, and just ca- camp out for, for a couple of weeks before we can properly be reunited. So you're going to have to go into quarantine when you go back? Yeah, I will. Yeah, well, at the moment, when, when I first get back, my, my wife and my son, are, um, they've gone back earlier because my son's about to go to university. Yeah. Um, and he's off to Bristol uh, down in the southwest. Um, and at, at the time, we're temporarily stopping with my mother-in-law, who is of, of a certain age, um, <laughs> in, in quite, a small, uh, quite a small bungalow. So it's just not a practical proposition to, to be able to quarantine within the house. So I've, I've managed to find some some uh, alternative, alternative accommodation. Oh, yeah. What's the alternative? It's a, it's a caravan. <laughs> it's an, an old dilapidated caravan on, a, on, on like a mobile home park. Yeah, I think it's due, it's, it literally is due to be uh, dismantled and to be replaced with a bright, shiny new one. But the bright, shiny new one isn't arriving in time. So I'm, I'm <laughs> heading back next week to spend a couple of weeks in solitary confinement. Just, just me and my guitar and my laptop. Okay. Uh, yeah. But you won't anyway. be able to see your, your family at all? Complete- no, no that's, the, that's the law at the moment. No, you can't have any contact for 14 days. Just to make sure that I haven't come back from France with any, you know, with any infection or anything like that. So. Oh, right. Really, it's yeah. one of those situations. It's the law. You know, the yeah, law, yeah. You've got to, I'm not such a rebel or a punk rocker that I'm going to flout that sort of law. It's my mother-in-law we're talking about. You know, yeah, so. I was going to say, well, I was going to say she's of a certain age, so you wouldn't, yeah. you know, want to knock her off a bit too early. No, you know? no, no. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely I know the temptation not. is great. But, uh. <laughs> Do you know, so many people say that. If you knew my mother-in-law, you would you'd quickly realise what a lovely lady she is. Uh, and, uh, she's, she, I, I've got she a mother-in-law was, as well, so I know uh, yeah, I know the, right. the jokes are um, slightly over-exaggerated. Of course they are. Of course they are. Okay, so we've uh, we've introduced you a little bit. Um, I mean, you you mm. come from the UK originally. Where whereabouts yeah. in the UK are you from? From the south coast, so Dorset region. Uh, anywhere we might know? I was, no, I was actually born. I was actually born um, in Kent, in um, in in Pembury, which is is right next door to Royal Tunbridge Wells. So that's where I was born. And then I moved to France when I was eight, with the family. Came back when I was fourteen, then lived in England for the rest of the time until. Um, 2000 and 
2002 to 2005, Ali and I, when George was first born, moved back down here to France. And then we moved back here again, like I say, eight years ago. And all my family here, that's the connection. Since, mm-hmm. since we moved here the first time in the 70s when I was a kid, my parents and my um, older brother and sister have sort of lived here pretty much ever since. So uh, that's the connection. So what took you back to France? Eight years ago, it was work. It okay. was work. Back then, um, I was working in the building trade and there was the sort of post-2008 economic crash, if you like, that happened in the yep. UK at yep. that time when the Northern Rock went down the pan and other things happened. And I, I, at that time, I was working as a, as a plasterer, effectively, in the building trade and, and work just dropped off the end of a cliff from literally from one week to the next. So I scratched around doing a few other bits and bobs. And because I'd had that connection with France from when I lived here between 2002 to 2005, um, Ali and I were over here on a long weekend and I uh, bumped into an old mate of mine from, from here who had loads of work. And so I came to France to work and spent a period of time commuting from the UK doing building work in France. And then uh, circumstances sort of swapped around and we, we ended up moving here, all, all three of us, um, in uh, 2012. Right, so, but then you decided to go back again. We decided to go back this time because my son um, has finished his secondary education and he wanted to go to university. And he's he's always wanted to go to university um, since he'd been talking about it in the UK. So all our interests are are over there now, really. It's just time, another phase in your life. Yeah, and and how does music enter into that uh, equation? Well, for the last couple of years in... In France, I've been able to work full-time as a musician. Um, I've, I've been earning a living from it, in inverted commas. They, they, they have a very good government-sponsored system in France, with a term they, they call intermittent du spectacle, which basically means someone who works sporadically within entertainment. And it, it's, it's, it's effectively a form of unemployment you declare yourself as a, as a musician and the government financially supports you in the fallow periods when you don't have gigs. And I don't know if it's the same where, where you're living. You're in Holland, right? That's right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not the same. Um, and I don't think it's the same. The other thing about France, especially I'm down in the Southwest, I'm sort of in the Dordogne sort of region. So it's quite rural, um, but it's very touristy. Um, and everything, normally everything happens down here in the summer. 90% of your gigs will occur from beginning of June through to beginning of September. So this system helps you um, because your work is mainly concentrated through the summer months and it just helps you financially during the, the winter period. So on my move back to England, and again, assuming that live music comes back online again before too long, I anticipate I'll just go back to doing what I was doing before, which was being a jobbing musician who plays, you know, has a day job and then does gigs weekends and, and rehearsals music. and stuff. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, and hopefully I'll carry on releasing some more music. I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of a, I'm in a bit of a fallow period so far as creativity is concerned, especially right at the moment where I'm moving house, but the, the sum total of my output during the, especially during the, the, the lockdown period was this song holding on was, oh, yeah pretty much the only full song that I was able to sort of write and record in any form. I, I have hundreds of ideas. I don't know if you're like me. I use my phone. I use, you know, yes. um, you know voice notes on my phone <laughs> yeah. for lyric, um, you know, music ideas, melody ideas. And I have a book that I 
you know, that I write lyric ideas and stuff in, but I just haven't been able to, I don't know. It's a mindset thing. I don't It's maybe because the opportunity is presented so well and it makes it so easy for you to just write, sit down and write loads of stuff that your mind just goes blank or nothing seems to come together. I've also had that complication of being separated for quite a long period from, well, George and I have been separated from, from uh, Ali, my wife. So that's not always conducive to making you feel like, you know, doing. there are other things preoccupying your time, you know. So, so we're going to move very naturally on because Ali is your wife. She is. And also she is, if I read it correctly, the subject of holding on. Uh, yes, she's def- she, yes, absolutely. She's definitely the muse that brought about the writing of the song. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 the song came out of, as I said before, not quite so dramatically moping around the house, sort of gently sobbing to myself. But no, the, we, we got caught out by the, by the COVID lockdown. Um, as I said before, Ali had been working in the UK and sort of commuting back to France um, on a regular basis. And the lockdown, well, she was due to fly here and just as the news was breaking and people were being recommended to not take flights or to just hang on for a bit and stuff. And we literally had a phone call of she was due to come out the following weekend. And we said, well, let's just give it a couple of weeks, you know, let it blow over and let it clear and then, you know, come over then. And, and then that was it. And that was, that was the last we sort of physically saw of each other for the best part of three months. So it was unexpected and, yeah. and, and frustrating and a bit bewildering. And because, of course, the longer these things go on, the more you're wondering how much longer they're going to go on as well and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and you said, uh, you know, before that you, you, you've, you've been in a kind of a... Uh, fallow patch uh writing wise and then you write this song so i mean how did that happen um i'm i spend quite a lot of time what i call noodling around i always i always write on guitar i I can basically play a few piano chords and but but certainly not enough to compose or to write on a piano so i'm um, there's very rarely a day goes by that I don't pick a guitar up and just play around with it. I'm not a lead guitarist by any stretch. I'm, I'm a singer, really, mm-hmm. is, is what, I, what I do. I've always been the singer in bands. And then there's been a lead guitar player or a, a lead instrumentalist. Um, and, yeah, so, so I'm always doing that. And I, I guess it, it's, it's a synchronicity thing, isn't it? If you write songs, you, you have, well, I certainly do, you can never force anything. It happens when it happens and you just hit a little sequence of chords. Um, they come together. You jot, I mean, I'll, you could probably tell from the song itself, I, the, the chorus is the hook, that the chorus, yes. the, the holding on line is the bit that came. That's the bit that I started sort of la 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 over a few chords that came. And then I wrote the verses around it to, to support that, that hook, if you like. And, and that's pretty much how it came about. So yes, definitely, I would absolutely say that Ali is the, the mute, as she is for most of my writing, most of the songs. We've been together for 20 years. Yeah. And um, most of what I write, I, I don't write political songs or, or, well, I don't write political songs. I, I tend to write songs about, uh, you know, love songs or songs mm-hmm. about the human condition or that sort of subject matter. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's sort of how it came about. It started off with a few chords 
started off with a chorus and then and then built the ver- the, the, the verses and the, you know, the rest of the lyric around it. Okay, um, so so then you've got I mean you've got a basic kind of concept for a song which you could probably uh, sing to your wife or what have you. But what then? How do you move that on? How did you move that on to making a recording and uh, and doing that process? Because it's not just you and a guitar in that no, song. Th- no, it's it's not. Um, I I decided I I liked the idea and I decided it needed it. It, it was I I guess to an extent I was I was feeling relieved that finally I've got a song that hangs together as a song. You know, so great I've written a song. So I then. Um, just basically decided to demo it, really, just to, to flesh it out a bit, as is what I do. So I use um, I use Pro, um, PreSonus um, Studio One version four, I think it is, but it's the light version. I, I bought a USB adapter, and it came with a um, with a condenser mic and a pair of headphones, and you know, and, and a light version of the software. So that's kind of what I record my demos on in. Um, in my office stroke utility room. So I have to make sure the dishwasher and the washing machine aren't on while I'm recording and that sort of thing. Um, so I just start off as I do with anything that I flesh out, um, just by singing and playing a guide track, um, uh, as often as I can to a metronome, to a click track, Yes. because I just find editing afterwards so much easier if you're playing to a click. Um, so that's what I did with that one. So I just played it in, played it into the into the into the DAW uh, with a click. The the rhythm of it is is kind of that slow. It's like almost like a six eight time or a. It's not really a waltz, but it's it's. I the minute I started playing it, the first thing I saw to and if and by saying this, I'll ruin it for anyone else who listens to it. I kept thinking to myself, it's exactly the same rhythm as um, If You Don't Know Me By Now by <gasps> Harold Melvin and, and, and yeah. the Blue Notes. Yeah. It, it's got that, that boom, that, 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 boom, that kind of type feel yeah. to it. I remember the first time That I saw your smiling face My life back then was a dark place my happiness had disappeared without a trace. Um, so that was the sort of, not that I was thinking of that song at the time, it was kind of afterwards. I thought that's why I think it works. It's, it's almost kind of a nice soulful time signature. Um, so I recorded it in, and then I've got a very old Korg, um, Korg X3 workstation, and it's from the 90s i think it still has um like a, a three and a half inch floppy disc as the boot <laughs> disc you know to get it fired up and stuff like that. for anybody so, under 30 yeah exactly yeah <laughs> back in the mom. old days that's how yeah, exactly yeah google it yeah google it there'll be black and white photos um but i use that keyboard uniquely for its um for its general midi sounds yeah that's pretty one one of the only functions that still works it doesn't because I don't have the boot disc for it anymore. It doesn't work as a sequencer. It's a proper, you know, in their day, it was, it was a decent bit of kit. Um, but it, I can access the general MIDI sounds. And I, I don't even MIDI it out. I literally take a line out of it into the door and just hit the keys. 
um, so that's how I produce the bass line, for example. So that's, um, I think that bass, I think that bass sound that I used on there is a, is a, is the general MIDI picked bass sound. Um, and, and I just came up with a little simple bass line. I then recorded, uh, two clean electric guitars with a bit of tremolo which is which is a lovely texture and it's also a very fashionable sound at the moment i've found a a, a kind of warm valve amp yeah you know slightly crunched but but with a bit of tremolo but they're very low down in the mix and they're quite broadly panned left and right so it's two separate guitars i then I'm pretty sure I probably would have double tracked the acoustic because I like to do that. So I'll just play the same acoustic guitar, the same chords, the same rhythm, but two separate tracks. Yep. And then you can just separate them slightly. It just gives you that little bit of little a bit separation. Of breadth, and, yeah, yeah. Guitar which, to, a particular guitar tone. That's right. Yeah, and it, in itself, it then gives it a little bit more warmth, I find, quite often, or a bit more body. Yeah. So I would have put that on. Do, um, you, can I, do you just use a sure. single uh, microphone to... Uh, record your your um your acoustic guitar or do you use no uh, double one? no 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 any of that no, no you need to bear in mind also that i decided to record this as a demo yeah I so, so at the time when i'm recording i'm thinking just get some ideas down flesh it out make it i've got uh, um, it's my gigging acoustic guitar is um it's a yamaha apx3 it's, oh. it's quite an old yeah yeah I've got quite one, an then. old one right. yeah with with the oval yeah, yeah, sound yeah, hole, yeah, you know, yeah. and a nice little onboard. I don't know if it's a Fishman, the, the, the onboard preamp on it, but it has a lovely sound even when you DI it. When you just take a line out and straight into the, it, it works very well. Um, so that's that's the sound that I use. Treat it a bit, you know, compress yeah. it a bit, and yeah, a bit of EQ and a bit of um, a bit of reverb and stuff. But it, I think I'm pretty sure, as I remember on that recording, it's just it's just two DI'd Yamaha APX. Uh, guitars it's quite low in the mix the acoustic guitar it's, it's, it's not really the dominant sort of yeah. feature you know in it so that's where that came from there's uh, the, ele- the, the the clean tremolo guitars are um, are a, um, a Japanese Telecaster which again is my my jobbing and I'm not a very techie person you'll have to forgive me I, I can tell you what equipment I've got but I can't tell you how it compares to anything else but it's a lovely telecaster. It has a, has a fantastically low action. It's very comfortable because uh, it doesn't weigh a ton. And it's become very rare. And it's actually in the, in the years, because I bought it, I think it was, I think it's the 1990s. It was the first year that they made Japanese telecasters. They didn't make them for very long. Um, and I was gifted it by the person who got me into playing guitar in the first place. Uh-huh. He had bought it sort of new secondhand and, and wasn't playing it. He was... Um, he was suffering from multiple sclerosis, so he wasn't really able, physically able to play it. And rather than it go to waste, he said, well, you might as well have that and, and learn to play, you know. So, and I've had it ever since. He passed away quite a long time ago, my mate Steve, and I've inherited his guitar. It's pretty much the only electric guitar I've ever played. I have, a, I have an Epiphone Dot, which, which aesthetically I, I, I like because I like the look of a semi-acoustic. I'm only a rhythm player, so I don't buy electric guitars yeah. for their fantastic... Eric Clapton or, you know, Gary Moore sort of sound reproduction quality. I, I tend to buy guitars because they look pretty and, and I like the look of them. That tends to be my thing. 
So, yeah, yeah, they don't always sound so nice, even though they look pretty. But uh... no, there is always that payoff, isn't there? <laughs> but I just, I just an incurable, you know, vain show off. I like a good looking <laughs> But they're, they're the telecast, Sunburst telecast. So it's a 1980 Japanese, and I've been told it's 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 quite a rare guitar now because there are, they've never made that many in the first. Okay. Place. But that's what I use. I mean, that's that is the electric guitar or the clean guitar sound. There's a tambourine on there, which is literally me playing a tambourine over a microphone and then drenching it in reverb afterwards. Um, I don't have a drum kit and I don't have a sequencer. I don't really have the wherewithal. I haven't figured out how to, how to rig up um, the, the keyboard that I've got as, as a... Drum a pad. Yeah, that's right, as a pad to then sequence the drum sounds which are within studio one and stuff like that and i tend to not to write music that requires that especially when i'm just demoing i'll yeah. i'll tap with my fingers on a table and record that if i really need to something so, but so there, there is in. no there are no drums no there's no, no drums no, at all just yeah, no, the tambourine is just the percussion just, yeah just the tambourine which are brought in after the first sort of verse when i write songs and if I'm producing stuff, because I, I write literally, as I said, on my own with an acoustic guitar. Um, I mean, you've, you've focused in on this song, Holding On, which is an independent sort of release single. Yeah. Just prior to that, I had released a full studio recorded album, which I had done the year before. And we can yeah. talk about that another day, but I will plug it. And um, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but that was a completely different situation. That, that was yeah. me and a bunch of you know, friend musicians all playing different you know, instruments in, in this classic studio recording way at a, at a, a studio local to me here um, down in France. But when I'm recording these fleshed out demos, if I need any drums, I will play it on the, the keys of, a, of, of the keyboard. I'll play bass, drum and snare, and then I'll overdub or on a separate track, I'll then play in the hi-hats or the ride cymbals or, or stuff like that. And then because I'm using the click, you can you yeah, you can move the around. Tidy things bit. up a bit. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. And align things to, to make. Them. So, so all of the mix, and you uh, obviously you did the harmonica as well, which is the intro. Uh... Yeah, I mean the harmonica is pretty much the only, if you want to call it, solo instrument that, I, that I'm capable of playing. Um, yeah. But I tend to play more sort of blues harmonica and, and and that sort of style. So yeah, so I just needed some other element really, and and I can't play a face melting guitar solo shredded all over it which you know it could probably use one of those um but so i use a harmonica and i was really pleased with the way it worked out and i couldn't tell you how i got that sound it's it's a default standard reverb i think delay kind of type effect but it has a nice i always struck me as it sounds like almost like a 50s Sun Studios vocal yeah. slapback yeah. kind of sound. It sounds as if I'm playing it against a sheet of corrugated iron. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's a funny. So you're just playing like, that clean into the microphone. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Not and then you're a, just adding the effect green, to the door. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. It's just it's close cupped harp as well. So it's so played in the in the blues style where you yeah. cup the harp around your hands rather than when you're playing. When you're playing folk harmonica, you tend to have it on a brace around your neck. Yeah. And it's a different technique. It's, it's, it's much more sucky, blowy, sucky, blowy, yeah. you know, in, yeah. out, in, out with your breath. Whereas with a harmonica, this one, there's lots of bent notes in it and stuff. 
So consequently, I can't play, I can't play this song live because I can't play that harmonica line with a harmonica on my neck brace. I need to, yeah, yeah, yeah I, no. I need to, I need to have, have to it, cup it. Yeah. I need to hold it tighter to my mouth to play those bent notes and to yeah. do stuff like that, which is a bit, you know, a bit of a strange result as well. Do you use a specific type of mic or are you just using your, uh, what is it, an SM57 or 58? No. Um, let me think about that. Yes, I did. I used an SM58 and I held that in my hand as if, you know, if I'm playing blues harp live, yeah, that's the way I would play it and then treated the sound. Yeah. All right. Okay, I blew, cool. I blew it um, through an SM58. And, and then you mixed it and mastered it yourself or did you send that well, way to be mastered? No, 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 not at all. I mixed it. And this is the other thing, which is quite strange how it works out. Um, well, assuming you like the mix, I, I'm very happy with the mix. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm very happy with the mix, I mixed it entirely on headphones. I, d- yeah. I didn't mix it out on, on a monitor speaker simply because I don't have any. I have small, they're quite pokey, but small sort of Logitech computer mm-hmm. desktop speakers but i don't actually own any um you know proper studio monitor speakers so i mixed it on headphones and of course the danger with that is everything is so close and immediate in your in your headphones it's it's difficult to get any sort of separation and and, and get any perspective any distance on, mm-hmm. on on what you're doing um but i i sort of alternated between mixing it and sort of playing around with bits and then i would listen back through the speakers um, of my computer yeah. um, and gradually inched my way into something that sort of felt acceptable. I, I probably listen to 99% of music that I listen to through earbuds. You know, I have, I have, that, that's my preferred way. I, the, the speakers yeah. that I'm wearing now, these are studio, um, sorry, not speakers, headphones. headphones yeah. Um, but generally I just listen to my music through earbuds. So I did yeah. that a few times as well. I would just listen through on there and see how it came out. Um, yeah. And I don't have a facility for mastering at all. So I, the, the version of Studio One that I've got, because it's the light version, it doesn't give you the mastering facilities. So, um, so it's literally just mixed down. Um, and that's, that's where the, it, it, I don't know if you noticed, the, the thing about the harmonica not fading at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it's become a like for me. It's, it's it's quite a nice feature of the track. So as the music drops drops away, as the repeated chorus, the vocal, and there's a few sort of vocal ad libs and stuff in there, and the harmonica is instead of just playing the the previous riff, you know, there's a few little bits of improv and stuff. And as the music and everything fades away, the harmonica stays constant volume wise until it ends with a final solitary echoey tambourine hit if you like and and when i listened about i thought no no that's 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 good because it's very um it it, it absolutely emphasizes a, a a feeling of solitude or a feeling yeah. of isolation or a feeling of you know everything else has gone on and but you're kind of just left there on your own with that final um, tambourine sort of hit that just rings out and that's the end of your song and that's why I left it like that it was a deliberate okay. 
it, w- it wasn't intended, but once I'd heard it, I thought, oh, hang on, happy accident. I'll, I'll keep that a, in. A happy accident. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, in that case, it does this, the final, pro- the final product. I mean, it's only a demo, only a demo, but it's actually very, very good. But does it match your kind of idea, your initial idea of how the song would do what you want it to turn out? Well, no, in, only in the sense that it, it couldn't have because I didn't know what I was working towards. And I think, so, I mean, if you're talking about happy accidents, I could have massively overproduced it. I could have kept adding in, I mean, there's a, there's a middle eight break where, where I just literally played very brief, again, general MIDI, uh, what is it? Um, it's, a, it's like a string ensemble sound. So it's, it's, it's not just one sort of violin, it's, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be a little, a sound of a, a number of violins. And I tried to keep it, one thing I did do with that is I, um, I, sort of, I sort of faded it in and out because the actual sound the way I played it, it, it attacks quite, mm-hmm. you know, quite blah, it, it's there very suddenly. So, so in, the, in the mixing process, I've just ramped it in just to soften that leading edge off it. And tried try to keep it somewhere back in the mix, just so that in that phase of the song, because we've moved into a different part of the song, mm-hmm. I think for me, when you're, when you're producing songs, you, you've got to keep changing things. You've got to yeah. keep adding or taking away, just so that the listener, even if it's subliminally, is going, oh, something else has happened, yeah. or oh, Stays that thing you. stopped. Yeah. Um, you've always got to be building and, and, and moving things around. If you... If you if you play the same four four chord loop over and over again and don't and if things are only ever building as well you've got to have dynamic you yeah you've got to people do what they like who am I to tell people what to do but for me, I, <laughs> I, I like, tell us what you do that's uh, yeah that's right and that's, that's, that's so, so there is there is some intention behind it I think it's important when you're writing a song because um, everything I write I apart with the exception of this song. I can go and play it in a solo gig. I, I, you know, all my songs work in inverted commas in that very, very stripped down way. And the way you do that is, is, is by um, dynamic, you know, playing softer, louder, more intense or less intense, more sparse. You repeat certain words, you change words or you, you stick an unexpected chord in somewhere. So, so the, the listener's brain has got used to, oh, I know what he's doing. He's playing, you know, G to E minor to C to D. But then every once in a while, if you just hold, a, hold one of those notes for longer than you would normally or, or, or whack a crafty little A minor in somewhere where it doesn't belong, it just, just to keep people's attention. Sub, yeah, just to keep their attention, even if it's subliminal, even if it's, you know, because most people in the nicest possible way, they, they, they know when they like something but they don't know why, but they absolutely know when they don't like something, even though they still don't know why. But, yeah. but the human brain, I'm sure you'd agree, it works in that way that you might not know. You know, it's like I always say, I, I don't know how a microwave works, but I know how to put cold food in and get hot food out. I don't need to know how it does yeah. that. And I think music is the same. It doesn't matter how it elicits the emotional response but you need to find ways of eliciting emotional yeah. responses. And, and sometimes uh, yeah, and it's I think also um, part of producing a song as well as you can helps that process. I mean, it, it's, you know, if you're live and you're playing an acoustic guitar live, 
and singing is very different than if you're trying to present that through uh, a recorded medium. Mm. You have to have, it has to be fairly polished because it's very easy for somebody to say, oh, uh, you know, I can hear the, I can hear a crackle on there or it's, yeah. you know, it's really jangly or it's a really hard attack. And, and that's, a, that's a very obvious reason for them not to like something. So you have to yes. also make your song, give it the best chance of being liked that you can, apart from Absolutely. all of the, the structure as well. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. So, and I think we, we, another key with the production side of it is, is knowing when to leave it alone as yeah, well. Yeah. When to, you know, when, when, when enough is enough. So that, that yeah. brings me right very nicely onto the next, <laughs> okay. onto the next bit, which is um, um, what's new for you? Uh, what's, what's, what's coming up in terms of music or gigs? Well, I, <laughs> new coming up other than the fact that I'm moving back to England and I will be waiting to see what possibilities there are back in the UK. Um, I, I think of, I mean, this, this song holding on um, to me is still quite new. So I'm, I'm quite happy that you've picked up on it and, and I'm more than happy to talk about it and sort of promote it and try and get it in front of as many people as I possibly can. That, that's, that's, that's part of my plan uh, moving mm. along the album. Um, it's called Just You and Me and the Stars, uh, which is quite a long title. Very difficult to explain to French people that you have an album called Just You and Me and the Stars because you end up having to just write it down for them because otherwise they won't pick up on it. Um, so I'm kind of actively promoting that as well. That sort of released about a year ago, but I haven't really been able to do much with it. Um, right. so, so I'm looking to do that. So the plan moving forward is to get back to England, to get settled, I'm guessing by the new year, by sort of January time, we'll be settled in enough and hopefully with the COVID-19 situation, hopefully things would have moved forward, that there will be opportunities to go and play live. Okay. Um, and that, that's my intention. To, to, I've, I've been playing in covers bands um, and playing other people's songs for the best part of 40 years. So... Um, being having the opportunity to record my own music is something that's come around quite um, quite recently to, to be in a, in a financial position to do it and also to have the equipment at home which yeah. that's another thing I'd like to sort of um, work on and, and carry on you know recording some and hoping that I strike it lucky and get some more of those similar sort of songs is that holding on is, is very much my style if you mm. like I I like the sort of acoustic guitar singer songwriter sort of yeah. style you know the the i don't know who else there is the ray lamontaine sort of thing i don't know if you know a guy called glenn hansard he's, he's another guy i'm a big big fan of he um yeah also you know and obviously bob dylan the van morrison yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of yeah. side of thing that that's that's what i tend to that's my personal choice of, of music so i'm just looking forward to doing more of that as much as possible and maybe leave the covers bands behind so how can we keep an eye on you on social media or other places in the interim before you get back out of quarantine and start uh, gigging? You can, yeah, you can. I have a website. Um, so www.simonlanemusic, all one word, .fr, because I'm in France. It's a, it's a website that was created in France. So simonlanemusic.fr theoretically has all the latest news on it, but there's not a lot of latest news. 
but through that website, you can then click through. I've got lots of hyperlinks on the website, on the front page of the website, through to my Instagram, um, Twitter, which I'm not very active on, but Facebook and Instagram. Um, all of my songs are available on Bandcamp as well. So if you just look for Simon Lane on, on Bandcamp, um, which is my preferred platform simply because you get more fairly paid for, yeah. you know, for what comes out of it. I, I absolutely... I'm on Spotify as well. And I'm quite happy to be on Spotify. It's the most fantastic shop window, but it, it just doesn't pay anything to be on, on any of those sort of big digital download and streaming platforms. But I'm on all of them. I'm on Deezer and Spotify and yeah. Google Play and all those sort of places. So um, if somebody, wants to, videos somebody there. wants to contact you, then the best place is via your website or via Instagram? Um, either or. Yeah, come come through the website. There's an email address on there. Go through Facebook and message, messenger me on Facebook. By all means, check out the Just You and Me and the Stars album, which is on Spotify. I have physical copies. It's amazing how few people actually want to buy a physical CD anymore, I'm finding. But um, I have physical copies of the album, which I can sell. You contact me and we'll organize posting them and the payment and all that. Do you not sell those through your Bandcamp page? Um, not yet. I, I've have a, I have a, a relationship with, um, Hangover Hill, um, studios or Hang, Hangover Hill recording studio and Hangover Hill records are a Bournemouth based, um, studio who basically offered to host my Bandcamp page for me. So they deal with all of that. Um, yes, okay. quite possibly is something I probably need to talk to them about making it available. I had also looked at making it available to purchase through amazon as well um and that's all part of the plan moving forward for for the new year is to get myself much more visible uh look after my branding as well. <laughs> and um and just try and build it I, I have very few facebook followers i have very few um i have very few youtube subscribers you know it's just not something i'm possibly uh, I, I don't have people to take out, to look after that for me. I do it all myself. Um, yeah. And I'm a bit of a Luddite. I, I just don't keep on top of it the way I maybe should. So that's all part of the great plan coming up. Oh, right. Great. Well, I wish you every success. And um, for everybody who's listening, go and stop what you're doing and go and listen to uh, Holding On <laughs> yes. because it really is worth your attention. It's a oh, beautiful thanks, song. Man. I'm glad. Thank you so much. And uh, I'd just uh, like to say thank you very, very much to Simon for joining me this evening and telling me about uh, his new song. And we wish him every success. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks very much, Bernard. Thanks a lot. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come away with an appreciation of the creative process and, more importantly, have found your new favourite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, the Enron's New Favourites, and you can find all the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. Next week, I'll be joined by Alex Pazeskian in the first of a three-part series about meeting and collaborating with other musicians online. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcast app you're listening on. If you want to help us to continue making and growing the podcast, as well as releasing new music, then you can either buy us a coffee or become a regular patron. See the show notes for details. Thanks for listening and see you next week.